Welcome to the PCOS Diva podcast. My name is Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and founder of PCOS Diva. My mission is to help women with PCOS find the tools and knowledge they need to take control of their PCOS so they can regain their fertility, femininity, health, and happiness. Today's PCOS Diva podcast is sponsored by the seven-day Discover Your PCOS Diva Jumpstart program. Jumpstart is the place to begin when you're ready to commit to yourself and jump into your healing journey. Learn step-by-step how diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes can get you on the right path. You'll be thrilled to feel your energy return, brain fog lift, acne begin to clear, and so much more. Visit PCOSDiva.com slash jumpstart for more information and to get started today. If you haven't already, make sure you check out PCOSDiva.com. There I offer tons of great free information about PCOS and how to develop your PCOS diet and lifestyle plan so you can begin to thrive like a PCOS diva. Look for me on iTunes, Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram as well. Understanding my cycle was really my very first step to healing PCOS. It was actually how I got diagnosed. I I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I was um, doing natural family planning using the Crichton model. And that is how I discovered charting my cycle that I actually had PCOS. So really understanding my cycle um, helped me to support my cycle through things like seed cycling and pairing my movement with my cycle as we talk about in podcast episode 142, if you're interested in learning more about that. But today we're going to be talking about pairing yoga with your cycle. You know, yoga is not only a wonderful, supportive way to manage stress and high cortisol, which many of us are dealing with. And we're going to talk about this on, on this podcast episode, but it also can be used to support your cycle. And I invited April Tessin. She is a yoga and Pilates teacher, and she's the founder of the period Yogi. It's an online yoga site that teaches women how to use yoga to support hormonal balance adjust their practice for those different phases of our cycles. And we then can experience power and ease through our cycles with her yoga method. So I'm really thrilled to have April on the PCOS Diva podcast today. Welcome. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So as I was going through your website, I was reading uh, your story and, you know, in the about me section, and it's just, it's so amazing how so many women that I've uh, had on the podcast have had their own health journey, um, kind of health crisis that they have overcome and, and then they use that knowledge to then empower other women. And you definitely have a story uh, that I would love for you to share with our listeners, because I think they'll be able to, to really uh, connect with some of the things that you're going through and then to learn how yoga has, has helped you. Yeah. So I guess when I think about my hormonal journey, we'll call it, I think about it in 
three phases, basically like my twenties, my thirties and my forties. Um, so throughout my twenties, my cycle was pretty much a non-issue. Um, I knew nothing about my hormones or eating healthy. So I was putting a lot of wear and tear in my body, but you know, I was younger and more resilient. So besides having irregular cycles, my hormones weren't really on my radar at all. But then as I entered my thirties, I had a baby in my early thirties and I kind of noticed things starting to shift a little bit. And then I went through this really stressful time when my son was young, trying to unravel some medical issues that he had going on, which turned out to be Lyme disease. Um, so those years really took a toll on my health because my stress level was through the roof. Um, I wasn't sleeping well, and I also wasn't taking good care of myself because I was so busy taking care of my son, but I was, you know, in that time still continuing to ask just as much of my body as I always had. Um, I was still practicing the fast challenging style of yoga that I'd always loved and just relying on coffee and sugar to push through the day. But, um, over time, the wear and tear that I was putting my body through was, it was starting to show up in, in various ways. Um, my skin was a mess. I was really like incredibly tired every day, morning to night. And I had, you know, these recurring injuries from my yoga practice. So, you know, my body was trying to communicate with me, but I just, I wasn't listening. <laughs> I was too busy to listen. Um, but then as my son's health improved, I was, I was able to put some focus back on myself. And what I realized, you know, was that my health had slowly declined. So I started working with a naturopath and I started focusing on adrenal recovery specifically. And, you know, I got some good supplements. I really trimmed all the excess from our schedules so I could rest more. I quit coffee. I cleaned up my diet. And, you know, I noticed that over time my skin got clearer, my energy levels improved and, you know, I was sleeping better and, things overall were just, you know, on the up swing. But then phase three, as I started to get closer to my 40s, you know, I noticed some new things popping up. And it happened so gradually that, you know, I think sometimes when it's this slow decline, you lose sight of just how much things have changed or, or how far you've drifted from optimal health that, you know, it just kind of sneaks up on you. And that's definitely how I felt. So you know, I was in my early forties, I'm 43 now. Um, but you know, I'd put on a few extra pounds and I couldn't seem to shake them using all of my, you know, tried and true methods. I had bloating that came and went, I was getting a lot of headaches. I developed seasonal allergies for the first time in my life. I had these like mid afternoon crashes and also mystery rashes that came and went. That was really what, you know, that was my biggest red flag was when I started getting these rashes. I was like, something's going on here. So I knew something was off and I wanted to get to the root cause of it. So I started, you know, doing a lot of reading and researching and all signs were pointing to hormonal imbalance. And, you know, in this, you know, research and learning, I found out really quick that I knew so little about my hormones and my menstrual cycle, like, like so little <laughs> and I was 40. So it was kind of mind blowing. And I just kept thinking, you know, I was, I was learning all these new things that one, I really wish that I had known all of this out of the gate when my period first started. And two, um, 
that I just felt really passionate that I wanted to share this information with other women so that they could start to feel better and understand their bodies more and start getting to the root of the issues instead of just pushing through their days like I was doing for so long. And so with everything that I was learning, I started making some changes to my diet again and, you know, lifestyle changes. And I got really tuned into the subtleties of my cycle through cycle tracking. Um, And I was a little bit resistant to that at first. It was just like, kind of felt like one more thing to do. So I, I definitely put it off for a few months. I was like, oh, I kind of know where I'm at in my cycle. I don't really need to take this extra effort of being official about writing things down. Um, but when I did start, you know, officially tracking it, things definitely started to pivot. And, you know, I started to honor how I was feeling in different phases of my cycle. And I started adapting my movement practices to support all these shifts that were happening, um, day to day with my hormones. And I really started to notice that, you know, a lot of those period problems that I was having, they were starting to improve. And, you know, I, I came to the realization that with the right lifestyle changes that I had really gotten my hormones back on track and, um, resolved a lot of the, you know, discomfort that I was experiencing pretty much two weeks out of every month. Mm. So as I'm listening to your story, you know, like as a, with a, my health coach, um, lens on, you know, I'm hearing that you had a lot of adrenal issues. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of women listening, uh, women with PCOS tend to have adrenal issues. We also tend to be kind of type a, and we just sort of power through as you, um, sounds like what you were doing as well. Um, and that's how I was, especially with my workouts. And I know now, um, you know, I'm uh, at 50, I'm still getting cycles every, you know, 28 days or so, which is awesome. Um, but I know that I can't power through workouts anymore. Um, especially for me, it's in that, that luteal kind of getting ready for menstruation. I'm exhausted and I can't, uh, you know, I really need to, as you said, kind of honor what your body is saying and honor those cycles. And I have to dial back. Um, and that I think has helped with my, with uh, my adrenals. Um, and I'm just curious if, if you had a similar insight. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that a lot of it was, you know, just kind of reprogramming your approach to movement. Cause I, you know, for so long, I thought I need to do something every day. It needs to be vigorous. I need to be burning a certain amount of calories it doesn't matter how I feel, I have to fit this in. So, you know, sort of stepping away from that mentality and, you know, cultivating this, this deeper understanding of how our hormones are functioning and how my body is working on a deeper level, you know, and then adapting movement to support that instead of work against it has been, you know, a big shift for me. And, and I think also too, like, as I started getting older, you know, the things that I used to do didn't feel as good in my body. Mm-hmm. And I was noticing that, um, you know, the, the more vigorous yoga that I practice, you know, I was starting to feel like discomfort. And so, um, I was just kind of searching also for, for a shift just in my approach to, to exercise that would, you know, kind of support longevity and sustainability in, in my life. 
So you, you talked about cycle tracking and as yeah. I mentioned, for me, it was really my first step. Um, but back, gosh, how many years ago now, 19, uh, 20 years ago, I was using like a paper with baby stickers, um, very cumbersome. I'm, I'm curious what cycle tracker you use and what, what have you found that really works for you? Yeah. So, I mean, the first step to, to start moving with your cycle is to track your cycle and I, I'm kind of anti-tech. So I know a lot of ladies out there, they love these, you know, apps and, and different tech, tech gadgets to track their cycles. But I worry a lot about privacy with those mm. things. So mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm a little bit old school when it comes to tracking. And I've tried a few different methods. I, I had like a beautiful journal that I used for a while. And, um, but honestly, and I also have a free tracker and guide on my website of if ladies want to go there to, to download that. But in all honesty, I have a, an old school paper calendar, like big desk calendar that sits on my desk and just very low tech. I will write in, you know, the first day of my cycle. And, you know, if a day pops up where I have a headache or something going on, you know, I'll just jot that down really quickly. And I think having something that's like the least complicated for me allows me to be consistent with it. Cause if it's something that I have to remember to do every day, or, you know, I miss like certain days on the calendar or whatever, then I feel like I need to catch up and go back. And so just, you know, I, this method works for me. It's very, very low tech, but (laughs) I think finding, I think finding the right, you know, method or, you know, how your, your brain works is, is key too to being consistent with it. Yeah. You know, I, I think, um, I I like the idea of having the desk calendar. Like I'm even thinking like a calendar that's taped to your bath bathroom mirror. Cause you're there brushing your teeth every day. It'd be easy, really easy to just sort of jot down where you are. Um, so, so making sure that you're tracking your cycles, what if, um, you, you know, women listening, they're just really struggling with their cycle. They're not, they're not ovulating, you know, they're not bleeding. Um, it's just, you know, this is part of the PCOS journey for some women as they start the healing process. Um, so if they don't really have a cycle to track, um, how do you move forward with this, with your method? Yeah. So I tell, you know, we also have this beautiful natural gift in our universe the moon. So the moon is, is cyclical as well. So I like to, you know, encourage ladies that aren't cycling or maybe they're in perimenopause or menopause that they can use the moon as a guide to sort of, you know, hook into and, um, connect with a cyclical rhythm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then maybe noting how you're feeling um, in different phases of the moon cycle, maybe if you do have headaches at a different point or you feel more yeah, energetic I mean, or. Right. For sure. I think like if, if you're really trying to connect to a cycle and yours is like erratic or not present, then using the moon as a guide is, is really helpful. And then also continuing to note, you know, how you feel throughout the month and see, you know, over time you might notice some patterns starting to pop mm-hmm. up and then you can start to sort of arrange your life around, you know, what might be happening week to week and phase to phase. 
So as I, um, you know, looking, as I mentioned in my cycle, like right before the couple days before I start uh, my period, I'm, I'm exhausted. You know, I, I often, um, feel like I have to take a nap. And if I do, I feel like I've been run over by a truck. Um, that's, that's, uh, I, I think if I look at my cycle pattern, that is something that I really, um, recognize, but just curious if you might go through each of the four phases and maybe describe what your clients um, seem to see as patterns in their cycles and how that connects with your method of yoga. Yeah. So if you want, I'll just go through like a quick little overview of each of the phases and um, important things to note within each yeah. one in regards to tracking. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So, um, you know, we think about the phases, there's four, four phases and phase one is menstruation. So that's the first phase of your cycle. And it starts on day one of your period. And it lasts, you know, roughly three to seven days and hormonally estrogen and progesterone are at their lowest levels of your entire cycle in this phase. Um, and that can have a huge impact on how you're feeling and your energy levels. So for tracking, um, you'll just want to note that this is day one of your period and, you know, the amount of days that you bleed or spot. And you'll also want to just kind of jot down the intensity of your flow and any other symptoms that pop up, like maybe headaches or cramping or skin issues, energy levels, sleep quality. And then after phase one, we've got phase two and that's your follicular phase. And that, you know, begins when your period wraps up and it ends right before ovulation and the big thing happening in this phase is that your body is, is gearing up for ovulation. So, you know, that brings a rise in hormones like estrogen and testosterone and serotonin and dopamine, which can all be great for mood and energy and libido. So, you know, with tracking, you'll want to just, you know, kind of note how you're feeling and you'll be able to predict like in your life that this might be, you know, a time when you might want to be more social or have more intense workouts. Um, and then you'll just want to um, note anything positive or negative. Cause sometimes, you know, we just kind of focus on the negative aspects of our cycle, but if you're feeling really good, maybe you want to jot that down and then you'll kind of come to know that at this point in your cycle over time, you might see some patterns develop and be like, Oh, you know, day, 12, I feel amazing. So I'm going to schedule my podcast for, <laughs> for that day. Um, and then moving along, we've got phase three ovulation, and that's the shortest phase of your cycle. It's just last about 24 to 48 hours. And, but even though it's the shortest phase, it's, it's kind of the main event here and it's what your body's been gearing up for. So your hormones are peaking and, you know, you're probably feeling really good. And then for tracking, You'll just want to jot down anything you notice in regards to, to energy levels, mood, anything physical. And some women, I'll, I'll note here that some women might experience mild cramping during ovulation, um, but anything more intense or, or any spotting that's happening around ovulation, you'll definitely want to make note of and keep an eye on. And then we've got phase four, which is your luteal phase, which... Um, I like to refer to this phase as a mixed bag, which you kind of touched on before, Amy. Um, it's the longest phase of your cycle. It's about 10 to 16 days in between ovulation and the first day of your period. So 
you can imagine that in the first half of your luteal phase, you've got, you know, these high hormones just coming off of ovulation. So you're probably feeling pretty good still. But then as you get closer to the start of your period and your estrogen is dropping off, and this might be when some of those typical PMS symptoms might start to make an appearance. So as far as tracking in this phase, you'll just want to know anything that comes up for you, like cramping or headaches, your energy level, um, your mood, maybe you're impatient, um, maybe you are feeling more introverted, and also know any days of spotting that might happen before your period begins. So, I think a- appetite you know, too. Um, of women yeah. at this state, you, you often crave yes. like the comfort carb foods so chocolate (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) absolutely okay so so now that we've sort of described the the phases how does um your yoga practice kind of tie into all of this yeah so you know with all of this new knowledge that i started to you know, understand about my cycle as I was tracking, I I started to play around with my yoga and Pilates practices. And I started getting really specific and targeted with my approaches to movement throughout my cycle. So um, that I could start to offer my body support when it needed it and, and challenge it when it was primed for it. Um, And, you know, I just think like for so many years, I looked at each day the same and expected exactly the same performance for myself. So on days I wasn't feeling up to practicing or or moving, I'd kind of beat myself up and feel guilty Mm. for not pushing more, or I'd label myself a slacker or lazy if I didn't exercise or exercise enough that day. Um, So I just, I feel like, you know, before I talk about the movement, I just, just knowing, you know, where you're at so that you can just be a little kinder to yourself is, is really a good thing. (laughs) Um, and then, you know, as I started to adapt my practice, I also just kind of dipped into like the, the history of yoga. You know, I, I started, I looked at the practice, you know, I took a step back and was like, you know, 70% of, of people that practice yoga are women, (laughs) but in the decades that, you know, I've been practicing yoga for 20 plus years, And in the decades, you know, that I've been practicing and I've probably been to hundreds of classes, but I could probably count on my hands the number of times that women's hormones or cycles were ever mentioned in class. And it was always in exactly the same context. We'd be at the point in class. I don't know if you've been to a class, you know, where this came up before Amy or not, but, um, you know, we'd be at the end of class and it would be time to do an inversion. Exactly. And would, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. the same. So, and the teacher would say, and this is very rare that it would ever be mentioned, but if it was mentioned, it would be, you know, ladies, if you're menstruating, you should, you know, do, do a different pose like Baddha So you're not going upside down, but never more than that. Like not even really an explanation of why mm-hmm. you shouldn't go upside down. And there's really no evidence to say whether it's good or not good to, to go upside down on your period. But that's, that's a side note. <laughs> um, but I can tell you that personally, like I never paid attention to the suggestion because, you know, I didn't want to be singled out in the class and everyone to know that I was on my period. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, um, so, you know, I just, you know, I think back to all those hard 
hot, sweaty classes that I went to and, you know, filled with mostly women coming to the same level of practice every day and just trying to power through, which, you know, is really contrary to the principle of yoga that you're trying to get more connected to your body and more quiet so that you can tune into the subtleties. So it's just, it seemed like a contradiction to me. So I was, you know, pretty inspired to start adapting things <laughs> to suit women's bodies. Yeah. And, and you so, know, I'm, I'm also thinking about hot yoga, um, yeah. which I, which I used to do a lot of probably, I don't know, 10, ten years ago. Um, but now maybe I wouldn't be as heat tolerant, you know, thinking of this from a cycle, uh, uh, approach in certain phases of my cycle. So that might be something to think about as well. Totally. And, you know, if you, if you even go back further, I mean, yoga was created originally like for men's bodies. So, you know, the original practice is pretty much designed around men's bodies. I mean, it's a evolved over time, but I think it could go a little further too. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I know that, that you have, um, some yoga practices available if you want to try your method. Um, so I just, I wanted you to, to mention that, you know, before we go further. Yeah. Yeah. So at my website, the period yogi.com, um, if you sign up for my newsletter, you'll um, receive a series of four mini classes that correspond with the four different phases of your cycle. So feel free to do that. Oh, that's perfect. So, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about adrenal health and stress and um, it was funny because I I just had a conversation with my my newly 13, newly teenage 13 year old daughter on the way to school. And she was having a lot of anxiety and stress. And Mm -hmm. I I have a feeling her hormones are kind of kicking into gear. And, uh, you know, I was explaining to her that she needs tools in her toolkit to help control Mm -hmm. her stress. And, you know, I mentioned, you know, the stress um, essential oil blend, which, you know, I'm going to work on putting together for her. She can kind of have it in a roller um, so she can kind of, you know, take it out at school. We talked about exercise um, and maybe doing more vigorous exercise. Um, Deep breathing was another one, Uh, you know, maybe taking a, a bath at nighttime. Um, so I think it's just so important for women because I, you know, as I said to her, stress is not going to go away just because you, you know, graduate seventh grade, you're going to still have stress in your life and you just need to learn how to manage it. And I think yoga and Pilates, um, and things like pure bar, which is sort of a fusion, um, of, you know, a lot of different sort of mindful practices, um, are, are great ways to manage stress and support, um, cortisol management. So, you know, chat with us about how, how that, how you see that helping and how that helped you with your stress management. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, I mean, the more robust our toolkit is to sort of handle what life is, is throwing at us, the better off we are. So um, that's great that your your daughter's going to be in <laughs> good shape with you as a mom there. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've been practicing yoga for so long, like a couple of decades now. So my practice has really evolved because in the beginning it was just more about challenge and, you know, how hard could I push myself? And then as hormonal stuff started to, to creep into the picture, it's sort of shifted into, you know, a more supportive role and, and supporting my body and my stress levels. And, you know, my practice shifted to um, really help me balance my hormones. And it became instead of like a, a physical challenge, more, more of a nurturing and supportive practice. Mm, and I think that is important. You know, we need to be nurturing and supportive of ourselves. Um, you know, I think sometimes we are our own worst enemies and we cause mm -hmm. <laughs> some undue stress. So you're right, you know, really honoring your cycle, um, being uh, very mindful of, you know, where and, and in touch with your body, where it's at, and not to kind of place any more added stress onto it, um, with too vigorous of movement. Um, maybe this isn't yeah. the day to go for, um, you know, a, a 10 K run and doing some like restorative yoga is just what your body needs. Yeah, totally. I mean, and less can, can be more with a lot of hormonal conditions, especially PCOS. And I think, um, focusing on less intensity, but not less movement through things like yoga and Pilates or breathing, low impact strength training or walking can be really beneficial. Yeah, that's that that's a I think a perfect place to to end our our podcast today, April. And um, again, just uh, let everybody know where they can find you and your work. Yeah, so you can find me at my website, which is theperiodyogi.com or on Instagram. Same, same name at the period yogi. Perfect. And then we will um, put a link to your tracker in the show yeah. notes. Uh, it's a free tracker and, um, and also to, you know, sign up for the newsletter for the, the free um, period yogi practices. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, April, for joining us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I look forward to being with you again very soon. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up our podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on the PCOS Diva podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you liked this episode, remember to subscribe to PCOS Diva on iTunes or wherever else you may be listening to this show. And if you have a minute, please leave me a quick review on iTunes because I love to hear from you. If you think someone else might benefit from this free podcast, please take a minute to share it with a friend or family member so she can benefit from it too. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. Just enter your email at PCOSDiva.com to get instant access and make sure you never miss a future podcast. This is Amy Medling wishing you good health. Bye-bye.